Entrepreneur Podcast with your hosts, Miranda and Rosie, a podcast for both new and established estheticians to learn and grow your business. So let's get this shit started. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be debunking scary skincare myths. There is a lot of confusion and misconception on skincare and treatments out there. So we're going to talk about some of those today and give you our thoughts. You need some popcorn as well because this is going to get a little bit, <laughs> this is scary. So you guys, yeah. you guys are going to, yeah, you guys are going to need some, some stuff to eat while listening to this. So the biggest misconception when it comes to acne I have heard is that Basically, you need to dry out your skin in order to get the acne dried. A lot of the time, people don't have understanding how skin anatomy works and why it is really important to have moisture, hydration, Mm -hmm. a lot of things there so you can actually get rid of the acne. It's a a myth and Miranda is going to dive deep into this one to explain how we actually came up with this concept because we did deal with something like that just recently. Yes. Um... So every now and then you'll get a client that comes in and is just doing some crazy things at home, Um, doing a lot of exfoliation and just drying the hell out of their skin, trying to get rid of acne. Um, It's a myth. You don't have to dry out your skin to get rid of acne. You're actually making things worse. You're causing new problems when you're drying out your skin. And believe it or not, dry skin can actually lead to inflammation. And also you're damaging your barrier. So you're allowing new bacteria... um, to come in and yeah. get in there and cause new problems. It is really important to have that regular balanced microbiome of the skin. So don't fuck up the microbiome of your skin. Those bacteria that are good for your skin, they need to stay there. When you over dry, you're basically killing the good bacteria as well. The good yeah. bacteria needs to stay there. Yes. That's the biggest thing. Like That's why you need hydration and moisture. Don't overdo anything. Don't overdo your exfoliation. Don't overuse benzoyl peroxide. If you have a cleanser that has salicylic acid, you don't need to have a toner that has salicylic acid and a serum that has salicylic acid. <laughs> and a moisturizer that has salicylic acid. Yeah, you don't yeah, need all of that. We're saying these things because we've seen people doing that much exfoliating at one time every single day. Also, whenever you're you're taking all of that oil out of your skin. Now your skin thinks it needs to produce new oils. And then you're having an overproduction of bad oils because you're taking away all your good oils. It's just a mess. It goes on it goes on and on and on. It's a full circle that you can put yourself in. Yeah. And if I sit here and tell you guys everything about the layers of the skin, because I just recently <laughs> refreshed my memory with, yes. the, with the first chapter of the class, um, I feel like it's, each layer is so important. Each cell in that layer is so important. And understanding that and how ingredients are going to react in each layer is really, really important. Yeah. And that's when you can explain it to your client that, hey, maybe use just a gentle cleanser. Yeah. You don't need to have an exfoliating cleanser. Maybe you don't need a toner that is going to rip off your moisture barrier. You can just use a toner that hydrates and moisturizes and yeah. maybe give your skin a really healthy microbiome. Another toner that I personally really like is actually the Glymet Plus CBD B3 Mist. Mm -hmm. It has the niacinamide, which is great for your pigmentation, and the CBD is like anti-inflammatory. So you're getting like the best of both worlds. And that's a good toner. You don't need an exfoliating toner (laughs) on top of the exfoliating product. And using that same fucking toner twice a day, it my skin starts itching when somebody tells me that. I was just itching my. (laughs) <laughs> it's like so bad. It is. And I used to do that to myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. We I have had, done all we have yeah. done all of this. 
by the way. Acne when I was, you know, younger, and it was all very circumstantial. It was just because I was doing things wrong. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's little simple tweaks can make the world of a difference, and we some people just think they have to tear up their skin to make it better, and that's just not the truth. And explaining it to them to so that they understand that they're causing damage is really important because I think if we don't understand why we need to set products aside or why we need to bring something else on or what we're doing, it just gets confusing and they don't they don't know how to handle their skincare at home. Also find a way that you can explain it to your clients why certain things are important in their routine because some people mm-hmm. can be so adamant and they're like, oh no, I want to do this, but they're basically following the wrong advice. They most of the time are on TikTok and skincare on TikTok is scary as fuck. Like yeah. don't go there. I even post content on skincare there, but I'm very mindful of what I'm telling people. And sometimes people are not specialists. They're not skincare expert. They're just experimenting with their skin and what works best for them. It doesn't mean that you have to do the same thing. So if you do see Paula's Choice BHA 2%, I'm not saying it's a bad product. For some people, it has worked, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. And that's one of the reasons you have to tell your clients that, hey, if you are trying to fix your acne, we cannot be on just random products from social media. We have to customize your skincare routine according to what is needed for your skin. Another myth that has been floating around the internet most of the time, I've also, I'm guilty, I've used that. And that is you can only use peels in winter and fall. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. You want to talk about it? During winter and fall is a great time to do peels, right? Because it's not warm out. You're not going out in the sun a lot. You spend a lot of time in the house. So, of course, winter and fall is a great time to do peels. However, a great time to do a peel is any time you need a peel. And if you're taking care of your skin properly, wearing sunscreen, avoiding going to, like, um, out when there's, like, peak times of the sun right like 10 uh, 10 a.m to like 2 p.m is most of the time it's like really hot so avoid when you're going out if you're wearing a hat or if you're wearing like a if you have something that can cover your face absolutely you're completely fine are you using your sunscreen every two hours are you applying the right amount because sometimes people are using pea-sized sunscreen they're like oh i have been using sunscreen but i don't know why i still got the pigmentation yeah and then my first question is are you using the right amount or using pea-sized or you're using two full finger length. Right. And they're like, oh, no, I use a little pea size. I'm like, that doesn't even cover your face. It's not a serum. It's not an eye yeah. cream. You need to use it the right way. Another thing to keep in mind is that, yes, it's good to, like you said, it's good to do chemical peels in winter and fall. But what we are forgetting that even if infrared rays are not visible mm-hmm. and available in winter and fall or in cloudy days, yeah. UVA and UVB is there. Yeah. It is the aging rays and the burning rays. Both of them are visible and it's there no matter what the season is. So the best thing is to protect your skin. And if you need to get a chemical peel done, please go ahead and get it done. Yeah, I was just going to say the the advice that we give you guys during the summer to protect your skin and wear SPF and wear a hat, all of these things um, with or without a peel, you should be doing these things to protect your skin from sun exposure. But also you should be doing that all year round. Because all yeah. year round, you have sun exposure anytime that you are outside. Even if it is cloudy, even if it is gray, you're still getting that sun exposure. So whether you do a peel in the summer, winter, fall, we're going to give you the same exact instructions on how to protect your skin afterwards. So yeah. as long as you're just being cautious, being mindful, and 
taking care of your skin and doing what you need to protect it, a chemical peel is totally safe all year round. Yeah, it it could be actually be even dangerous if you get it done in winter or fall and you don't follow the instructions. Right. You think, oh, it's cloudy outside. I don't need to put a hat on. I don't need to put on SPF. But you just had a peel 48 hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. Any invasive treatment, it could be the same thing for microneedling as well because mm-hmm. it's open wounds. You shouldn't be going out on hiking. Right. I did have a client uh, who had an issue like that. She got a microchanneling done from another friend esthetician, and I referred her there. She got a chemical uh, microchanneling done, and then after that, she went on a hike the somewhere. Same day? I think it was the day after. That's when she did. And... Um, she reached out to me and she was like, oh my God, what's like going on? It's, did I do something wrong? I'm like, nope, you didn't do anything wrong. This client that I have sent to you, she's a hiker. She usually goes on hikes. So go Uh ahead and ask her if she did go on a hike. And she investigated and she found out that, yeah, she went on a hike. And I was like, see, you didn't do anything wrong. Uh She has got the microchanneling done before with me and she was completely fine. It's not that you did anything different. Don't doubt yourself. Don't question yourself. It's your client who didn't follow the aftercare instructions. And what happened, she ended up having with a hyperpigmentation, like tiny, small needle pokes on her face on the same area where she did the microneedling. Follow instructions. Yeah, there's (laughs) a reason. I send clients a PDF file. I get a consent form from them, like consent. (laughs) Give me, give me like written that you read everything. Yeah. And then I also sometimes give them a handout. And sometimes when they don't understand, I text them mm-hmm. that, hey, this is the this is the information for your aftercare. Please make sure you're following. People don't. And that's fine. Yeah. Sometimes people don't follow instructions. That's okay. They have to pay for it. But from your end, you should always explain it to them. Yeah. Like do your jobs properly and then the rest is on them. Yeah. I always explain it aftercare before they even come in for their treatment too just to make sure is this something that you can follow Mm -hmm. can you not go out and go work out or can you not go on your hikes or whatever it is like is this something that you can actually do for the time that is needed I need I need a commitment that you can follow these instructions. But <laughs> this is the thing. You would tell them and oh, they would I go know. and do the exact opposite. So Cosmolon Peel have to stay on your face for 12 hours. In the first consult with a client, mm-hmm. I told her, hey, it's going to stay on your face for 12 hours. Please, can you stay away from going out and everything? It's Is it your day off? She is like, yeah, it's my day off. We booked the appointment. She comes and get it done. And she's like, okay, how long it's going to stay? Um, and I was like, it's supposed to stay till 12 o'clock. So she's like, mm, I had to go out and eat. <sighs> I was like, you mean at home tonight? I'm like, there's nothing you can eat at home. I told her, I said, hey, I can even go out and get you something to eat. But I don't <laughs> want you to go and ruin this because yeah. it's an expensive peel. Mm-hmm. You're going to burn your skin. Don't go out. Of course, she didn't listen. So. And she washed her peel off or she went out with it on? She ran out with it on. She said that and in the next appointment, she said she looked like crazy yes. when she was on. Of course, that's what... You're the, doing the, crazy uh, things, you're going to look crazy. And I'm like, first of all, it's a good marketing. If somebody asks you, just let them know you came yeah. to us. <laughs> Go ahead and give them a card. Yeah, but other than that, you shouldn't actually be doing that. And yeah. even though I gave her instructions, she didn't follow. It has happened so many times. Sometimes, for some reason, I get the most difficult clients in some situations. Not all of them. But some, the most stubborn, difficult ones, fall on my plate. And it has been happening to you recently, too. Yeah. 
it's crazy i don't know what it is i don't know they say most of the time something yeah. fucked up happens it's mercury retrograde <laughs> yeah. but i don't know which planet is yeah okay so my least favorite myth is centered around tanning beds tanning is better than tanning outside tanning is good for your acne tanning is good for your skin in general no tanning tanning beds tanning outside none of it is beneficial again you're just going to be drying out your acne if you're tanning and tanning beds for your acne you're just drying it out and causing new problems also you're you're giving yourself the chance of skin cancer that's one thing that people should be scared of i don't know why people are not more scared of skin cancer they're not because you know what they think like it's not gonna happen to me yeah oh it will it happens to a lot of people now, this is the thing. A lot of other forms of cancer, breast cancer, it could be oh. sometimes genetic. You know, it mm-hmm. could it could be like you might be predisposed to BRCA gene or something. Yeah. A skin cancer is something that you can prevent. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in your bloodline or your right. dad had it so you can get it. You can it's, straight up mm-hmm. prevent having it. Like, no other cancer can you just prevent by yourself. You increase the chances of cancer by 75%. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you are not able to detect skin cancer, you don't know which part of your body it is. It could be yeah. like somewhere in your asshole. Yeah. You might not even know. Yeah, if you're going in those tanning beds naked, you could be there could be things going on in areas that mm-hmm. you cannot see. <laughs> yeah, and you're losing your life for what so you can yeah. look little tanned. Yeah. The, the beauty is bullshit's beauty standards. Yeah. The same thing is in my country. Like, people are obsessed with bleaching and having light skin. Yeah. And in U.S., I've seen completely opposite that you need obsessed to look. Obsessed with being tanned. Yeah. And skin cancer is a silent killer is what they call it, right? Melanoma is a silent killer because, one, you don't see it if it's in an area that you can't see. Also, you can have skin cancer and you can look right at it and not even know it's skin cancer. Sometimes mm-hmm. It's not always irregular or crazy looking or a giant dark mole. It can be things that are not concerning to you because we don't know what to look for. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's too late. Yeah, unless you are somebody who's an expert and can recognize skin cancer. Um, And also, what really upsets me is the... I'm all about aesthetics. I'm Mm -hmm. all about looking nice, looking good, and feeling your best, feeling confident. But it shouldn't come at the cost of your life. No. If something is like costing you your life, no. Period, yeah. no. Work on yourself and all the Caucasian girls out there, I'm telling you, stop the tanning beds. And yes. if you are darker skin tone thinking about bleaching, for the love of God, just just accept your fucking melanin. That's it. Yeah. Another misconception and a myth that I would like to bust is skin of color cannot do glycolic acid peels. Yes. Uh, it has been floating around on social media many, many times it has happened. Um, I have also was stupid enough to actually believe this. And I've also been at a place where I used to tell people to be careful. And so like I let, I had to do a deep dive, like deep dive and study about skin of color and understand that no, skin of color can get any type of chemical peel. The only difference is that skin of color needs to be prepared ahead of time because a little bit of inflammation in the skin activates the melanocytes and sometimes it leaves hyperpigmentation. Yeah. So the best thing to do for somebody who is skin of color, gradually start them with um, tyrosinase inhibitors, creams that are going to help with uh, preparing their skin, getting ready for the chemical peel, 
and then you can gradually do those peels for them. It doesn't yeah. have to be, you don't have to start with the advanced level peel ahead of time. Just get their skin ready. You can use any kind of peel you want to use for uh, skin of color clients. And also, if you're an advanced esthetician, if you do own a med spa, if you are working or you are thinking about owning a med spa one day and you want to work with a physician, under a physician, what I would tell you is that there are chemical peel lines that are specifically designed and made for skin of color. Mm -hmm. Green peel, absolutely safe for skin of color. If you are not doing the level three on them, they're completely fine. They can get the level one and level two. Is clinical prodigy peel, the uh, level one is completely fine for skin of color. Perfect derma peel is made for skin of color completely safe and they yeah. can get it done also um tca peel from biore peel yes. biore peel is completely safe for them so if you are somebody who's uncomfortable with testing and experimenting with skin of color with different peels i would start with the peels that are safe for them that the manufacturer tells you that okay this is a safe peel you can go yeah. ahead and do it and you move forward with that but when it comes to cocktailing and mixing peels maybe you should get an advanced training work with somebody who has done this and they know what they're doing they have a course or something yes. um there's another podcast the golden skin circle i think they also have um a program where they help estheticians learn cocktailing chemical peels um oh, interesting. yeah uh, illuminous skin atlanta's illuminous skin something like that i don't remember it from the top of my head okay. but she is also really good with skin of color and she has a course in that um in that i think they're they, yeah. they they have a school or something i don't know maybe we'll find more information about this and yeah um, I can share next, yeah, yeah, we can share it and then mention it yeah. on the next podcast too. Yeah, so she teaches you how to learn the basics of the peel, what are the peels that you should avoid, and so many things. There's another course from Joelle, I think. That I hope I'm like pronouncing her name right because I love to butcher names. Sorry. I don't love it, but it just happens. I don't know. Um, so she also has an advanced course for estheticians to learn fully how to cocktail peels. So if you want to like take your education to the next level, try to get one of those courses. But my answer to you is that you can do any kind of peel for skin of color as long as they're prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just educate yourself if you're worried about something or unsure about something. Just educate yourself, take the trainings, look into it. You don't have to just start throwing things on people. <laughs> you yeah. know what you're doing. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Yeah, trust yourself. Trust yeah, yourself. trust yourself and also... Um, I won't say that be overly confident because that yeah. could be harmful. Try to come from a perspective that, hey, I want to learn more. Maybe there's something I need to change. Don't be cocky that, oh, I am confident now. I'm going to, I am the best. I want, no. If you are the best, then you have reached the level and there's no other levels mm -hmm. of becoming expert. There's no other things you need to yeah. learn. I don't want to be called as an expert or the best because I want to keep learning more and yeah. there's so much more to learn. So don't be overly cocky and confident about your skills. Yeah. Always double check and see that, okay, maybe this is something I need to change. Maybe this is something I need to ask my mentor or another esthetician who might be highly experienced yeah. than me. So maybe I can reach out to them. Just don't blindly just go in like burning skin. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of information out there. You just have to find it and want to learn. Next myth is uh, combining microneedling with chemical peels. Miranda, mm -hmm. I'll give that to you so you go ahead and talk about this and I'll add a little bit yeah. of my, my piece there. I think um, 
the thought of adding chemical peel on top of microneedling can sound really intense and a little bit scary, but really it's a fantastic treatment. I mean, you're opening these channels in the skin when you're microneedling. So then anything you put on top is going to have greater penetration and you're going to get better results. So yes, you can put a chemical peel on top of microneedling. It's safe, it's effective, and it's actually a very great treatment. Don't be afraid to do it. Be cautious, of course, as always, we're cautious in our treatments, but find the right peel for your client and you can put it over needling. Yeah. We do it a lot. Yeah. We and have done the lichen fantastic. peel. We have done TCA peel. Now, what I wouldn't feel comfortable doing is doing a perfect derma peel sure. with a microneedling. <laughs> yes. Or I wouldn't do a prodigy peel yes. from his clinical with microneedling or a 30-50% glycolic acid peel with mm -hmm. microneedling. Uh, you can absolutely combine microneedling with um, chemical peels, but there's a way to do it. Yeah. First of all, if Shekinah is listening to this, a big shout out to Aesthetics by Shekinah because she was the one who corrected me. A year ago, I made a content a video where I talked about you shouldn't be combining microneedling with chemical peel because I read the, in the book the um, Concise Guide to Dermal Needling where the physician explained that combining chemical peels with microneedling could be harmful because microchanneling is a, or needling is, of course, an open wound. You don't want to sure. pour acid in an open wound. But what I didn't understand is that he didn't go in-depth and I also didn't do my research before making the content. I made that video and then I uh, got reached out by Shekinah and she said that, hey, I actually do peels that I combine with microneedling and they're completely safe. So I asked her, I said, can you give me a little bit more information because I want to learn. That's why it's always important to learn. You are not yeah. the expert. There are always people out there that would know more than you. The more you're coming from an open-minded place, the more you're going to learn. Yeah, absolutely. So I found out when you are doing chemical peels, the pH level of the chemical peels really matters and the ingredients yeah. really do matter. Now, the reason we can do biorepeal with microchanneling because the pH is balanced. Also, it's not low acidic pH. On top of that, it is a buffered TSA with amino acids. Mm -hmm. So it does not burn the epidermis. It directly penetrates to dermis layer. That's why a lot of the time people don't have exfoliating or peeling experience with this peel. But if you do want to combine it with a microchanneling, they have an advanced training. They teach you how to combine it, yeah. how to layer it. And there have been an esthetician who has done three layers of the peel with three bypassing three times of the microchanneling and was completely fine, no problem or nothing. So you just have to understand what peel goes with what. It okay. has to, like you have to be an advanced esthetician in order to do these things. I feel like if you haven't done a lot and if you're just a new esthetician, I wouldn't suggest you to combine yeah. microneedling with a chemical peel. But definitely keep in mind that this is a myth. You can combine microneedling and chemical peel as long as the peel is compatible with the treatment. Yeah. And, you know, if you're feeling anxious about doing something new for the first time, do it on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> be the guinea pig. Just do it on yourself because then you'll see and you'll go through the, the experience before a client does. And then you'll see, oh, okay, this is okay. Yeah. This this is fine. We did the lightning peel on ourselves. Yeah. Um, and the results were amazing. Yes. And the lightning peel was also introduced to me by Aesthetics by Shekinah. She is just, she's been experienced for 20 years and she's a master esthetician, has so much knowledge and does not hesitate for once to give her information out. 
I know a lot of people that gatekeep and be like, mm-hmm, no, that's my so secret. Strange. I don't want to tell you because I don't want you as a competition. I absolutely love her. And she told me that you can combine the peels. This is how you do it. And this is the peel I use. And I was like, so grateful. I was like, fuck, people like that. I love estheticians like that yeah. who are not gatekeeping and telling you what to do. Yeah, I agree. It's not a competition out here. We're just no. here to support each other. And at the end of the day, our client is the main goal, right? Like everybody's just wanting to do the best for their clients. So if you have good information, share it. Don't, don't yeah. keep things to yourself. It's weird behavior. Don't be a weirdo. Back to the point of combining microneedling with chemical peels. Absolutely fine to do them. Please just be very, very cautious. Do not go ahead and after listening to this fucking podcast, start doing experiments <laughs> yeah. on people. That's not what we're talking about. Right. We're just trying to make sure you guys know that it's doable. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. I don't want anybody to be like, I listened to her podcast. <laughs> I said Rosia said it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's sometimes I'm like, you know what? I need to watch my fucking mouth yeah. what I say in the podcast. Because people can sometimes take it like, oh, you know what? I have a goal. Like, I can go ahead yeah. and do this thing. Always consider what you're doing yeah. before you do it. Yeah. Know your, uh, you yeah. know your scope of practice. Yes. Some estheticians cannot do... Um, microchanneling and chemical peel or deep level peels because it's out of their scope of practice yeah. or they don't have medical director. I have a medical insurance. Uh, it's not the ASCP one. I do have another insurance, malpractice insurance through my medical director. Uh, so I am fully covered. You need to keep those things in mind. Yeah. And also uh, keeping in mind that in which state it's actually allowed. Yeah. In some states, estheticians are not allowed to pass the epidermis. Yeah. So you cannot do anything like that just by listening to the podcast always check the website where it talks about the scope of practice for estheticians yeah. and confirm everything yeah and be familiar with your products with your peels with different skin types and make sure your clients like really know what you're doing i think it's so important to make sure your clients are in the loop they understand what you're doing why you're doing it and why the aftercare is so important because if they go home and do you know any of those things we were talking about earlier and then it's causing new problems and ruining their skin, you don't want it to come back on you. Yeah. So on the line of microneedling still, um, a lot of people want to do microneedling because they want to have anti-aging, right? They want to fix fine lines, wrinkles. They want to refine their pores. Um, and they think this is going to happen overnight. Uh -huh. You go get microneedled and the next day, you're going to have a Botox effect. Most resurfacing treatments... Your body does need time to produce new collagen, elastin, to have cells not over. This stuff doesn't happen right away. It doesn't happen in hours. It doesn't happen in days. And it doesn't happen in a week. It can take 30 days, 60 yeah. days, 90 days. Everybody's body is going to be a little bit different. But you need to let clients know that this is not something you're going to see right away. You may see some things like maybe, you know, a week from now, your skin tone is going to be feeling better. Or a few days from now, your, your pores might look a little bit more refined. Um, but to really get that production and have your body build those things again, it, it does take time. Mm -hmm. You can't just have it's it not right an away. It's not an instant gratification treatment, and that's what I tell clients because the first thing they ask me, oh, when am I going to see results? Yeah. I don't know. The way I explain it, I tell them that there are three phases of wound healing. When I'm doing a microneedling, I'm basically causing micro-injuries in your skin, and your skin needs to go through the three different stages of wound healing, which yeah. is basically your inflammatory phase. For five days, your skin is going to feel red. It is going to feel like inflamed, depending on the type of needling. With yeah. microchanneling, what we do, 
you actually don't feel redness or anything yeah. because it's a very controlled, like extremely concise and controlled injury. Yeah. So you actually don't have that long downtime. But most of the time when you are doing resurfacing treatments, it can take up to 24 to 72 hours for the skin to feel red, inflamed and hot. And that is just a first phase of wound healing. I'm not going in depth about the whole signs and everything yeah. about it because it can be a little bit too much. Uh, the second phase is your proliferative uh, phase in which the new skin cells are starting to form. Uh, you're basically the cells that are supposed to bring nutrients and they have to repair the cells. They start happening and it takes up to 14 days mm -hmm. that has happening under the and beneath the skin. So you're not seeing instant results. And after 14, the 20th day is basically 14 to 20th day is when the maturation phase starts. And that lasts for up to two years. That's why you can see collagen and elastin induction. Even after six months of getting microneedling, you can yeah. still see results because those things are happening in a cellular level. You have to explain it to your clients that, hey, the reason you're not going to see results right away is because of this. But if you do get like two, three sessions with us, you should see somewhat of improvement, like 20 to 30%. Eventually, it is going to get up to like 80%. Again, explaining all of that is really important. So they do understand and know what to expect. A lot of the time, expectations are not clear. Another thing that would affect yeah. wound healing is some factors such as age, genetics, lifestyle, yeah. medication, yeah. your health. Yeah. All those things are a big factor. If you're somebody who's really old, okay, you're 60, 65, and you're getting treatments done with us, and you're, you want to get rid of your fine lines and wrinkles, and you're doing the microchanneling the way you see results, versus somebody who's going to be 18 years old, yeah. their wound response is completely different. So people don't factor in all these other elements and things that can actually cause the whole process and the outcome of this, this yeah. situation. It's not a one-size-fits-all because mm -hmm. you do have to take into consideration, you know, is the skin thin? Is the skin thick? Are you older? Are you younger? Are you dehydrated? Are you hydrated? What is your lifestyle, etc.? Also, do you ever get um, clients when you're trying to explain to them the importance of doing like a series of three microneedling or three peels or whatever it is back-to-back? -back? Do you ever get clients that are like, well, let's just do one and then I want to see what the results are. You're wasting time, but it's like, let's do this. Let's do the, the three to sometimes three to five treatments back to back so that when you start seeing your results, you're going to see really good results and not, let's not do one and then wait 30, 60 days to see what happened. No, that's stupid in my opinion, but I don't blame clients because I know the treatments know. could be expensive. So they're like, oh, I don't want to like spend that much money on these treatments that's why i'm focusing on talking more and more about resurfacing treatments and advanced mm -hmm. treatments instead of just like the holistic facials and stuff and yeah definitely it's part of our field we can do those things but the focus is definitely to talk more about the advanced treatments so they have an understanding how these things work and back in the time estheticians were not content creators they were focusing more on the skin so there was not much information yeah. out there for people to understand the more we all as a collective start talking about these things and setting up expectations clients are going to understand that oh you know what i need to actually take three sessions or four sessions yeah. in the series and also what people don't understand is the type of scarring yeah somebody who does have a very superficial scarring is going to get rid of that in a maybe three four sessions somebody like me who had very deep dented acne scars i saw results after 12 
series of microneedling. Yeah. And it happened over two, three years. And if you, even right now, if you come close and look at my skin, there is some very mild that. scarring. And we do, how many other series I have done already? Three series oh, just yeah. like this past three months. Yeah. Um, and it's just like now it has become part of the whole routine I have. Yeah. So, yeah, people sometimes can not understand and it's up to them. If I have a client, I'm at a point in my life that you don't want to be with me for like more than one session. Be my guest. Go ahead to somebody else. I am yeah. looking for clients who are passionate, dedicated like me, who love their skin to glow and they want to focus on those. And I want to work with them. And that's when I pick my own clients. I'm very picky when it comes to clients. Yeah, uh, yeah I am. <laughs> like I'm very, very picky because... When I see a client is very consistent and I know that they're understanding, they're reciprocating, I am like all about helping them out. The moment I see that a client is like pushing back a lot and I'm trying my hard and they're not letting me in, yeah. I step back. I step back. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not going to push it on you. You want to just get one session? Let's just do one session. Yeah. Like you need to want this thing. It is a luxury, honestly. Totally. Even though skincare is a necessity, your home care is a necessity. The in-clinic treatments are not a necessity. You're not going right. to die if you don't get them. It's a luxury. So if you don't want to pamper yourself, you don't want to do it, don't do it. I'm not going to force somebody to go get your nails done. If that's something yeah. your priority, do it. Same thing falls on that. You're tired? No, I um, I was like repositioning my legs because my knee like fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, we have one. We have one mic right now. We don't yeah. have a fancy studio. It's <laughs> a little our best. <laughs> we're doing our best. So me and Miranda are latching on one mic. Yeah, we literally are like sat on. We're like almost on top of each other on this little couch. Like, <laughs> our knees are touching. Our arms are touching. Yeah, <laughs> our well, knees are falling asleep. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you, once this podcast gets a little better and bigger and <laughs> people we'll are... each have our own chair at some point, yeah. <laughs> our own chair, our own mic. For yeah. now, we're just going to be really close. Yeah, I'm not fine. looking for perfection because uh, if I go after perfection, I'm never going to be consistent yeah. with creating content. So. Totally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love having you here. Don't I know, worry. so do I. <laughs> we can sit on top of each other all day. It's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. You know, I was um, a thought came into my mind a moment ago that... I wanted to say, and I'm kind of forgetting it, but it was with microneedling and um, multiple sessions. Oh, I know what it is. Sometimes um, you'll get clients that they think they're that magical person that's going to have great results after the one treatment. Yeah. You get that sometimes, and it's like you have to explain to them. Um, Expectations, that, yeah. Yeah. Your body is just like anybody else's, and actually. No, yeah. I. <laughs> it's going to I have it. I <laughs> Some clients can sometimes be, it's very hard to get through them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've had people like that, but I take about an hour and a half in my consults usually. Yeah. I, it does say that it's a 15 minute consult. It's not a 15 I minute consult. I always edit it to like I always edit minutes. Like. Yeah. I always edit my consult up to like an hour and I end up talking a lot with them, explaining to them, setting up expectations, just letting them know that, Hey, it this might not happen we are not giving you any guarantee here that you come and get these two series you know what you could even actually get three series of microneedling and still not see results mm -hmm. yeah i don't know what's happening in your body i've had people on my tiktok i made a video about microneedling and people are like i got five sessions of microneedling i still didn't see any results okay question number one 
what kind of scarring did you have? Did you have yeah. deep dented acne scars? Did you have superficial scarring? Did you take before and after pictures? Because sometimes you can see the borderline of the scarring coming together and new skin yeah. cell forming. They don't see it because the scar is still there. Sure. So they don't see that mild little improvement. Right. Is it that you didn't have results or is it that you're not having the magic results that you want yeah so my point was that yes i do have clients like that but i take a lot of time to explain it to them uh i think next week i want to do a episode about how can we set up ex uh, expectations and the best way to actually explain things to your clients because yeah. sometimes it is also how you explain things. Yeah. People get confused. They don't know what the fuck is going on. So there are specific wordings and like specific things I say to the client and they were like, oh, okay, now it makes yes. sense. Now I see uh, why I am doing this or why you're doing this and how what I should be expecting. So it's also about how you're explaining it. So we can definitely go in depth a little bit on that. But yeah, to your yeah. question, yes, I do get clients like that. And I just have to explain it to them that even though you think that you might get these results, possibilities are you might not. I just want you to be aware of it because that is one of the possibilities that can happen. Yeah. So just be prepared for it. It can happen. It doesn't have to happen. Yeah. So that's you don't want to put them down and be like, no, you're thinking totally wrong. No. But at the same time, you want them to be realistic. And it's like hard to find that balance where, yeah, yeah you don't want to shoot them down, but also you want to straight shoot them. Yeah 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 <laughs> anyways guys today's episode that's all we have for you guys there's so much more we can talk about like me and miranda can be sitting here talking for three four hours and still not feel like tired or anything yeah. i don't know about you i wouldn't feel even tired at i all. mean we always talk like an hour before we even sit down and yeah then we'll go out there and yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is all we have for this uh, week's episode if you guys have any questions and any topics that you want us to create content about or like talk about please reach out to us on the dms or you can also check the description of the podcast i always have mine and miranda's um uh, instagram page there you can just slide into our dms and we always answer yeah do it it's slide in slide in <laughs> we'll take you trust yeah. me so I, because i want to know what kind of um what kind of episode you guys want to like talk about the things that we should explain yeah anyways guys keep, keep glowing, glowing keep, keep growing, growing. bye <laughs> bye <laughs>